Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We stand just to honor the word, settle ourselves. Say, I'm ready to receive. In fact, that's the first line of the faith confession. Let's go. I am ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to look at several scriptures, but one I want to focus in on. Go to Genesis 12 and 4. Genesis 12 and 4. Genesis 12 and 4. Father, I pray for every decision that's going to be made today for people to become Christians and recommit themselves to you. I declare nothing will hinder those decisions. Nothing will block those decisions from being made in just a few moments. We call in a harvest on a Wednesday night in Jesus' name. Genesis 12, 4. So Abram went as the Lord told him. Somebody say he obeyed. And Lot went with him. Now, I don't have time to deal with Lot today, but God told Abram to go. He didn't tell him to take Lot. Here's the problem with that. Lot was his family member or his relative, but Lot Wisley wasn't his family because Lot's name in Hebrew means hidden motives. You got to be careful when you start bringing people on your journey that aren't supposed to be on your journey because you don't know the motives they have. Are you hearing me? Abraham was 75 years old when he finally departed from Haran. Do me this favor and just make this declaration. Say, God starts with go. Father, speak, do what you do when you do, how you do when you do it, when you do it over these next few minutes. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. Grab a seat. We started this new series. I'm moving quickly because I want to get to where we're going on Sunday called GOAT, uh, G-O-A-T, which is a pop culture acronym for the greatest of all time. Somebody say, God wants me to be great. Uh, great appears in the Bible over 1,100 times in one form or another, and it means unusual, first-rate, very good, more than mighty, and far beyond average. I need you to get this and get this real good. Great, hear me Wednesday, does not mean you will not face issues. Great does not mean you will not have trials and tribulations. It just means that even when you factor those in, everything is still wonderful, everything still first-rate, everything is still unusually very good, and it goes far beyond average. I need you to learn how to manage the tension of being great watch this and also having challenges at the same time 
I need you to manage the tension of having issues and at the same time being the curse breaker. I need you to manage the tension, watch this, of seeing great manifestation in certain areas while you're waiting on manifestation in other areas. I need you to know that God is not slack concerning his promise. God has made his word clear that he desires for us to be great. And great doesn't mean perfect. It just means when I look at it all, at the end of the day, everything is still great. Now, uh, great, uh, as we look at this, it was a promise. Greatness was a promise that God made to this man in the Bible named Abraham, later named uh, Abram, later named Abraham. And we looked at it on Sunday, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Now, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. Look at me Wednesday. His daddy was dead. Uh, when this is read in scripture in Genesis chapter 12. So when God's saying get from your father's house, he's saying they think a certain way and I don't need you to think that way. Come here Wednesday. They act a certain way and I don't need you to act that way. For some of you, watch this, you've tried to figure out why even amongst your own blood you felt different. Come here. The reason is because God says I need you to be the one that's going to be everything in that your bloodline refused to be. And so to do that even amongst your own kindred you will feel different and the difference, watch this, is that you're responding to my call to be great while they have settled in average. I need you to realize some of your friends, watch this, you can't even have conversations with them no more because they've decided to settle but you're still pursuing great and I need you to be okay with the fact that relationships will change because when you want to grow to greatness and they want to stay where they are something's got to change so watch he says I need you to get from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I'm going to show you and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will what be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, we learned on Sunday that this is important to us because Galatians 3.29 says, if you are Christ or Christians, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So watch this. That means Genesis 12 is really written to us. So I want us to read it again in this context of your name. Genesis 12 and one, but where you see Abram, I want you to put your name. So the Lord said to say your name, your government name. Okay, can I just can I just mix it up for you? The world is bigger than Denver. Okay, some of y'all can't even give it that. Go from your country and your kindred and your family's way of thinking. To the land I will show you. See, some of your family don't get why you're in church on a Wednesday night. They say you're doing too much. You serve too much. You're at that church too much. What that man over there doing to you? You can just go on and tell him the truth. You can say, I'm finally stepping into great. Next verse. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you. Say your name. And that name is going to be made great. He didn't say he'd give you a title. He said he'd make your name great so that when people hear your name, they think unusual, first rate, wonderful, very good, far from average. So that you will be a blessing. I need you to graduate from coming to God to get blessed. And graduate to greatness is where you are being a blessing. Okay, next verse. I will bless those who bless, say your name. And every sucker who don't put some respect on your name, 
I'm going to curse them. Curse means I'm going to empower them to fail. And in you, watch this, all the families of the earth shall be what? Blessed. This promise is now spoken to us because Galatians 3.29 says that we're heirs according to the promise. So on Sunday we learned that greatness begins with what? God. This is why I review. I have to take 15 minutes of every new message to review what I said. My pleasure. I, greatness begins with God. G. O D. You down with G O D? Y'all knew that though. Thugs, get saved tonight in Jesus' name. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Don't be offended. Watch. Uh, it's an acronym. It stood for godliness, obedience, and decisions. In decisions, we learn that obedience to the word we hear has to be immediate because your decision to obey takes you out of delay. That's what I'm doing tonight. Tonight I have one assignment. That is to get you out of constipation. You have been sitting on that toilet for too long. You have been sitting in analysis for too long. You've been sitting up thinking about it for too long. Tonight, my assignment is to get you into action. God begins with go. Somebody say, I'm taking some steps tonight. I'm taking some Yeah, yeah. You're not going to sit back and talk about what you're going to see. Baby, t- starting tonight, you're going to take some actions to see some. We say it like this in Memphis. Say something, do something, move something. That's what's starting tonight. Watch this. Watch this. I asked you this question on Sunday. What is the word that you've uh, not decided to obey that you know? What is it that you know to do that you haven't done yet? Got it? Because a lot of the times we're wanting God to do stuff, and God is like, what's the last order I gave? In the military, the last order stands until a new order is called. We don't understand military culture in America because we want to get new orders all the time because we live in a social media world where it's something new and hot and popping all the time. So, so something's fresh and something's different all the time. But God says, I don't work that way. God says, what did I already say? You looking for a new word. What about the word I gave you? Y'all, y'all not talking to me. God, there's a lot of words. You've been sitting up under this word for months and some of you years, and you still haven't done none yet. Tonight, I'm shifting you out of just hearing it into doing it. Tonight, baby, you're going to be like Nike. Just do it. Now, 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 now watch this. Job 22, 28. We're moving to the new stuff because here, here's, the, here's the real trip. I know why there's some decisions you haven't made, and I know what you did last summer, by the way, too. Um <laughs> Job 22, 28. Here it is. Now, I'm going to show you why it's difficult. I'm going to show you why you know to give and ain't done it yet. I'm going to show you why you know to forgive and haven't done it yet. I'm going to show you why you know to serve and haven't done it yet. I'm going to show you where where, where you know there's some stuff you need to do and you just ain't done it yet. I'm going to show you why. Job 22, 28. You will decide on a matter and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. Now, you don't know how to do it yet because you haven't decided to do it. So, so, so watch this. Um, um, here's what we're going to pray. Because most of us have learned how to get through life faking it. In fact, they'll tell you, fake it. No, you're going to make it so you ain't got to fake it. Come here. You ain't going to sit up and have to front like you got it. You're going to be able to say, boom, got that handle. You're not just going to talk the walk or talk the talk. You're going to walk the walk. Somebody say, I believe that. Only if you're radical, throw your hands up. Father, in Jesus' name, give us the grace tonight to not just talk it, but to walk it. Give us the grace to step out of thought into action. Give us the grace to go. God starts with go. That means you're into action. Give us the grace to act tonight. In Jesus' name, if you receive that, give him praise right there. 
Now, here's the problem. Here's why we don't do it, y'all. You know why? Because the decision-making process can feel like a valley. Some of what you're feeling is not a demonic attack. It's the valley of decision. Let's go Bible. Joel chapter 3, verse 14. Watch this one. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of here's why we know better but won't do better because it's a valley no I'm going to slow down stay with me I'm going to slow down because I need you to get it here's why we know the word if you've been coming here longer than two weeks it's some words you know and, and, and touch your neighbor and say, but you're going to start doing it tonight. And if they didn't touch you, say, see, this is exactly what he's talking about. This is what he's talking about right now. <laughs> Can I go deep for a moment? When we peek into the Hebrew definition of the word decision, it reveals what the valley of decision feels like. Um, think of a valley. A valley means I'm in a depressed place. I'm here. I'm in a place where there was a mountain on one side, a mountain on the other side. Watch this. I've had victory before. I've seen him do great things before. I've seen him make a way. Do I have a witness here? Before. I've seen him do things I never thought were possible before, but that's the mountain that's behind me. When I'm in a valley, I keep looking back at what he did, and I miss what he's trying to do. I'm in this valley. I'm in this valley. And in this valley, it's a depressed place. And there's a mountain ahead of me. In fact, that's what makes a valley, two mountains together. That's what makes a valley. The problem is I can see that I'm headed somewhere greater. I just don't know how I'm going to get there. I know I'm not supposed to die like this. I know I'm not supposed to be messed up, tied up, jacked up like this. I know that he promised me better. My problem is I just don't know how I'm going to get there. I know my marriage is supposed to be better, but she acting real crazy right now. Um, Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I know my kids are supposed to do better, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. It's a depressed place. In fact, if you peek into the word decision in Hebrew, it is this word, uh, charwuts, for my note taker, C-H-A-R-U-W-T-S. Get the TD. Oh, we don't do CDs. Get the podcast. It means diligent. Now, I'm going to rock your world with this. It means, watch, pointed and sharp things. No, you missed it. The word valley means diligent. How am I getting out of it? I have to be diligent. How am I getting out of it? I can't stop. What did the psalmist say? Yea, though I walk through it. This ain't, I ain't staying here. I need you to get an attitude for just a moment and just shake a neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off. Say, I'm not staying in this valley. I'm, I'm walking through this thing. I'm not staying in discouragement. I'm not staying in depression. I'm not staying in bad finances. I'm not staying in, I ain't staying here. But I got to be diligent. But while I'm being diligent, give me, give me something sharp. Just give me something sharp. No, don't go get nothing. Just find something over there and give me something sharp. Give me a pen. 
This will work. It's ballpoint. <laughs> While I'm walking, pointed and sharp things <laughs> are being injected in me. While I'm trying to make decisions, I need you to act like you hear me. I'm walking through this valley. Okay, that's okay if I'm just walking. But while I'm walking, I'm also being antagonized. I'm, while I'm walking, I'm, I, I got criticism. I got mess. I got drama. I got folk acting crazy. While I'm walking, I got sharp objects. And ooh, I didn't expect that one because I thought I could trust that one. I didn't expect that one because I thought I could believe in that one. I got sharp objects coming at me while I'm in my valley. Then it means threshing. Threshing is a biblical term that deals with agriculture. It is the separation of wheat from chaff. See, wheat is edible. Chaff holds the wheat and it's inedible. Can't eat it. To thresh something, uh, come here, you too. Come on. To thresh something means, you, you get on this side. It means it has to be right here. Okay, okay. now shake this violently. Then I'll tear my table up. Watch. Okay, wait a minute. Watch. Check what the word valley of decision means. Say decision. While I have to be diligent, simultaneously, I got sharp pointed objects, while at the same time, everything just being shaken. And I could recover from the hurt, except for the fact that everything else is shaken at the same time. So watch this. When you're making, when you're in the valley of decision, you don't even have time. Watch this to heal. You don't even have time. Watch this to deal with your betrayal, to deal with your pain, to deal with your hurt. Because everything's shaking, and at the same time, I got sharp objects coming my way. Thank you, gentlemen. Then here's what the word decision means. I'm just about through. It means wall. I gotta be diligent. Pointed and sharp things are coming my way. Everything's shaking, and I'm walled in. I can't run from this. And sometimes I go to sleep, let me come in your business, hoping that tomorrow I won't have to deal with it, to only wake up and realize it's right there. I was hoping that I could pray one magical prayer and by tomorrow morning when I woke up, everything would be changed. But I'm walled in. For every runner in here, watch what God's done to you lately. You can't even run. You don't even have the resources to run. You don't even know where you'd run to. Who can you run to? You don't even know what you would do if you ran. Watch, 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 watch. Then it means, <laughs> I love the Bible. All this is the word decision. Then it means find gold. And this is silver. You got somebody who got a gold ring? Come on here. Come on, dog. You better be prepared. I didn't know I was going to do this. Come on here. All right now. <laughs> Come on here. All right, that's a good one too. 
Good cut. That's good. That's good. Say fine gold. Fine gold means, don't be fine gold. Fine gold means, fine gold means it's been refined through a process called metallurgy. Metallurgy is when you turn the fire up so hot that everything that's not gold evaporates and separates, come here, off of the gold. So that the only thing you're left with is go. So now let's see what decisions are. Because here's why it's been so difficult. Here's why it's been so difficult. I got to be diligent while I got pointed and sharp things that are coming at me. While at the same time everything is shaking. And I'm walled in so I can't run. And I don't even know what I would run to and run to do. But at the end of it, watch this, he's making me into fine gold. I, I need you to act like... So whenever you are confronted with making decisions to follow God's word and making decisions to be great and making decisions to advance, that's what the process feels like. Which, watch this, so then when do I actually have time to think it through? And then when I do think it through, I get tired from thinking because everything's shaking. Am I in anybody's business or Kool-Aid or what's the flavor? That's the joke. It's not a flavor. It's a color. That's the joke. Check this out. So watch this. So Abraham went as the Lord told him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Uh, God is into action. Say action. That's why the Bible says things like James 2.26, that faith without works is dead. In other words, it's not enough to just say it. You have to do something that proves it. See, if a, if a woman is told that she is with child, that woman will begin to take actions to prepare for the child she believes is on the way. Many of you, watch this, you will come to church, hear a word, and not prepare. Mm. You will come to church and hear a word and not take action for what you say you believe. Watch this. So this message tonight is to do one thing and one thing only. I got one assignment tonight, and that's to push us into action. Watch this. So we're not pulled into reaction. Watch what I said. I need to push you into action so you're not pulled into reaction. I'm going to say it again. I need to push you into action so you're not pulled into reaction. What's the difference? If you're pulled into reaction, that means you needed a crisis to take a step. And I need you to get to the point in your life, watch this, and God wants us to get to the point in our lives where we don't need a crisis to change, where we don't need something to be taken from us to change. Come on, Wednesday. Where we don't need to lose something in order to learn something. Somebody say, God starts with go. So, so, so on Sunday, remember... Uh, we learned that God was inviting Abram to greatness. But Genesis 12, 4 didn't tell the full story. All right? In Genesis 12, we learned on Sunday that that was God's second time saying that. I'm just about through. Stick with me. I want to look at Genesis 11 and 31 because I want you to see what actually happened. And I want you to see why it, take, it took Abraham 65 plus years to finally make the decision to obey. Or 60 plus years to make the decision to obey. All right? uh, Genesis 11:31. Terah, that's Abraham's daddy. Now, his name means wild goat. Now, he couldn't be great because he wouldn't be tamed. See, goat. Watch this. Say wild goat. Wild. A wild, watch this, means God says, I wanted Terah to be great, but he wouldn't listen. Just like there's folk in your bloodline, God, watch this, called to ministry but wouldn't respond. Come here. There's folk in your bloodline that God wanted to be the financial curse breaker, but they wouldn't respond. There's people in your bloodline that are sitting up talking about what they should have been doing. 
Terah took Abraham's son, uh, Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth together from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. Where were they supposed to go? Canaan. Coincidentally, for my Bible readers, where were the children of Israel supposed to get to? Canaan. What was the curse? None of them ever got where they were supposed to go. You're going to possess what generations didn't. There's stuff stored up for generations of folk that didn't take action, that didn't, wouldn't do it, that wouldn't be bold enough, wouldn't be great enough. But you, somebody say, I'm the interruption to the dysfunction. Why do you teach a lot about that, Bishop? Because that's what you battle with most, not the devil. You battle with your bloodline. Your greatest battles are not with the devil. Your greatest battles are with the habits, patterns, and traditions that have been passed down. That's Sunday. All right. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go where? The land of Canaan. It's right there on the screen. To go where? Okay. That's the promised land. But when they, watch this. This is going to make me run. But when they came to Haran, look at me Wednesday, they settled. Where are they supposed to go? Canaan. Where did God say go? Canaan. What did they do? Settle. I'm doing the best I can. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Where were they supposed to go? Canaan. Where did they settle? Haran. What's Haran mean? Dry. Parched. Let me make it, uh, let me make it modern. Thirsty. They tell me the thirst is real. And what did they do when they got to that dry place? They settled. Because sometimes you get tired of fighting. You get tired of pursuit. You get tired of wanting to be better. You get tired of feeling like you take one step. Are there any honest people? Sometimes you get tired. And tonight I came to shake you real good and wake you up and say God begins with go. Somebody say go. Watch this, watch this. I'm just about to. Now, it says, and they settled there. Where, where did he settle? In the valley of decision. He settles in this place where everything's shaking. He's getting pointed objects at him. God's threshing him. He's separating his wheat from his chaff. Watch this. His pride from his personality. If you're in the same mess this year you were in last year, let me tell you the problem. It's not God, it's your pride. If you are repeating something this year that you were in last year, I'm, let me go ahead and solve it. God, what is it? God, what is it? God is like your pride, baby. That's what it is. Who that is? That's your pride. Watch. Watch. You still here? Er means fire. Got it? God says, you're in a place of fire, passion, excitement, zeal, or take the world. And then you get to Haran. You get tired. So you settle. And you start saying spiritual stuff like, maybe this is what God wants. I came to mess up your prayers tonight. 
Maybe this is God's lot in life. Maybe this is my lot in life. Like maybe this is what God has planned for me. Maybe this is exactly what it's supposed to be. And maybe it's not supposed to be any better. Maybe every day I'm just supposed to be miserable. Maybe that's just the way it's supposed to be. Maybe every day I'm just supposed to be mad and angry and frustrated. Maybe that's just the way it's supposed to be. Maybe this is just the hand I've been dealt. Or is it the hand that you settled for? He leaves fire. Shout fire. fire. Shout fire. fire. That'll work. He leaves fire. And he's supposed to go to promise. Because see, while he, he was going to have to go through the valley no matter what. Valley of what? Decision. The decision. And in that valley of decision, he was going to have to decide to keep being diligent. Just, just somebody say, I'm marching. See, now see, when you march him, you got to make the decision to march, even when it's storming, even when it's raining. You got to just make the decision to march. Come here, old school church. If you're going to be a good soldier, don't act like you don't know the old school church song. But when you got fire, you can keep marching, and you're not even phased by what's going on around you. Somebody asked me something years ago. They said, Bishop, how did you get through that? I said, to be honest with you, I was so focused on my future, I didn't have time to deal with the pain of the present. I, I said, I, I didn't even have time to deal with that. I said, so I guess it did hurt, but I didn't pay attention to the hurt because I was so focused on where I was headed. But what happens is when you lose your fire, all of a sudden now you stop because you're dry. And when you're dry, decisions seem so hard. God, obeying you, doing your word. <sighs> really? Let's do it tomorrow. Now, say, God loves me. His love is free. But great has a fee. <laughs> That's important. Can I get a fee? Can I get a fee? Uh, uh, here's a fee real quick. I'm going to give you four goals, four goals to do. I'm going to hit them real fast and then we're done. Are you learning something, Winston? I slowed it down because I want to make sure that you get this. I need to shift you into action tonight. I need to get you out of Settleville. <laughs> I need to get you out of, hmm, I just want to go eat. You ever have one of them days where you're like, I'm just so spent. I just, all I want to do is eat. Thank you for the four honest people in the room. Say action. Say go. Say again, say go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let me give you four. Let me give you four goals. Four goals. Here's the first goal. Go anticipate. This is the expectancy part. I mentioned this earlier. A woman that is expecting a child anticipates the arrival of the child by faith. Her only proof is what a doctor said. Her only proof is that a doctor said there's something in you. Okay, you're going to take a doctor's word and sit up and hear the God that made the science that the doctor practices and be like, I don't know. I'm still praying on it. You don't, if, ladies, if you went to a doctor and I said you're pregnant, I've never heard a woman say to me, I don't know, doctor. Let me pray about that. Hey, Shabbatada. You, you know why? That's crazy. Just like you praying about what you were told to do is crazy. Let me fast. For what? 
I know what you need to fast to do. You need to be fast to do what you were told to do. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all ain't talking to me. Y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing. That's all right. Okay. All right. So say I anticipate. So when I hear a word like this is my year of manifestation, then I go to work. Every message I hear, I'm like, what do I need to do? These messages are like instructions for my everyday life. So when I leave church, I'm not just saying, ooh, that was good. No, I'm going home and saying, check, let me do this. Check, let me do this. Check, let me do that. When I get on prayer, I'm saying, God, I come with expectancy. I am anticipating that something is going to manifest in my life. Why? Because nine is the number of birthing. It's the number of, watch this, fruit. This means I'm going to have something to show. It's the number of results. Somebody say, that's the year I'm in. So, so I got to anticipate. Got it? And I don't have to pray about what I've been told. Some of y'all sitting up praying about stuff in heaven is like, take the phone off the hook. Why is she asking us about that again? We didn't change our mind the first time. Let me move on. Number two, go educate. All right? Check this out. Um, get some training. I know this is super practical. This is Wednesday, so let's go practical. All right? Applied knowledge is power. So watch this. Uh, Abram, as he's on this journey, um, uh, and he goes from this whole thing from delay into action. Um, there's education he needs to know. If you keep reading his story, you'll see that he begins to interact with the king of a nation. Why? Because, because God would have him to tithe to Melchizedek, who's the king and priest, which is what the Bible says we are today. He had to learn how to deal in different realms. Okay? If the only thing you know how to do is shout and speak in tongue, that's good. But you're going to need to get some training. What are you doing to be better practically? See how quiet it got? Y'all just want to clap your hands and hiss them out of this place, which is good. You do that. That's good. Now we should do that. What are you doing to be better? What are you doing to be smarter, wiser? How are you growing? It's quiet in the church. Like you can't come to Harvest and say, I don't know what to do. There's literally over a thousand instructions for free. But sometimes when there's an abundance of information, there's a scarcity of attention. I got so much good knowledge, I don't eat none of it. You become what you focus on. So if you're not focused on anything, you're becoming nothing. Let's go to the third go. Go renovate. This is the change part. Sometimes the greatest enemy is the inner man. And we're about to go all the way up in just a moment. just want to teach you just a second. Practically. Because everybody around him is going to great. <laughs> you, you, you can sit there and look at me all you want. I don't know. <laughs> but listen, the rest of your world growing. Would you just do a road check and make sure you sit next to some people that aren't haters? Make sure you sit next to some people that believe in the greatness God's ordained for you. I know life is good, but baby, it's about to get better and better and better because he takes me from faith to faith and glory to glory and level to level. Here's number three. Here's number three. Here's number three. Go renovate. <laughs> How do I do that, Bishop? Create some winning routines. It's practical. Routines are revealers of your self-discipline. People choose one of two things. The pain of discipline that comes with sacrifice and growth or the pain of regret that comes from taking the easy road. 
I just said something. See, you pay now, you pay later, you pay later, you pay greater. You have to create routines that win. Like, can I get super practical? Like, if your boss has mentioned something to you more than twice, <coughs> hint. And you may say, well, watch this. I'm not going to do it because I feel this some type of way. And God says, which is why I won't promote you. Your attitude is the ceiling to your income. When you do what nobody else will do, then you can have what nobody else can have. Okay? Even in church. It's quiet in here. Come on, dream teamers. Quiet in here. I can look at the pattern of those who make God important, those who don't. You just check the life. And the fruit's like, it's quiet. It's quiet. It's quiet. And I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> Here's the fourth one say, go cultivate. Jesus said the greatest would be the servant, right? Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think he serves you? Let's just sit there in silence for just like 10 seconds. I can't do a full 10, but that's I, I did right there. It's coming out of my time. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think that he's supposed to serve you? Or do you live your life serving him? It's revealed in your response. When you think somebody serves you, when they don't do it the way you want them to do it, you have a problem. So if you think you're here, God's here to serve you, if you don't get what you prayed for, when you prayed for it, the way you envisioned it in your head as you prayed for it, you're like, but I want to ask you a question. It's a serious question. Do you serve him or does he serve you? Do you build your life around Jesus or do you build Jesus into your life? Like, I, God, I'm doing this and I got to ask. Or, God, it's you and that tells me what to do. What's the nuance? What's the nuance? The nuance is so slight that if I don't pay attention to it, you still here, Wednesday? If I don't pay attention to it, I will do all of the right things and do them all the wrong way. Because I will think that somehow he is supposed to serve me. This is what I want. Have you ever, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were telling us, they were talking about, uh, uh, they were depressed and all this, and all that. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, um, so I hear what you want to do. I said, that's great. I said, can I ask you something? Have you ever asked God what he wants you to do? And he said, you know what? No. I said, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me teach you something. It's a southern thing. We don't say, wait a minute. We say, wait a minute. 
Come on, be a good southern church. Say, wait a minute. There you go. I said, wait a minute. So you're feeling discouraged, sad, etc., because you're not getting what you want. I said, but you've never taken the time to ask God, what does he want? Can I ask you something? Did you pray about those friends? Or just be like, Did you pray about that relationship? Or did y'all just have so much in common? I know, Bishop, I know this is it. I know. How you know? I got Netflix. She got Netflix. I'm done. I'm done. And we look at that and we laugh, but my God, some of the decisions we make, we make off of very innocuous things. And so we conclude it's God because it feels good. But did you actually pray? Because when you submit everything in your life to him and say, God, not my will. You know why you feel like a failure sometimes? It's because you never submitted your will to his. You know why we get frustrated sometimes? It's because we never fully submitted. Our, and I know this is a simple message. I know, like, Bishop, give me some deep Hebrew Greek. We, we ain't, you don't need that right now. What you need now right now is, to, is, is, I can't say it that way in church. But there's a southern saying that says you either use the restroom or you clear the room so somebody else that wants to use the restroom can use the restroom. Now, that's as good as I can get it. And the after praise party, I'll say it the way I want to say it. So I want to end this message. I slowed it down because I want to end this message in this very solemn thought. God, I don't or you are not here to serve me. I was born to lay down my life to serve you. Not my will. Your will be done. And if your will ain't my will, I'm good with that. Some of you are holding on to things that aren't his will. You're holding on to people that aren't his will. Y'all not talking. You're holding on to plans that aren't his will. And when you're in this valley of decision, all this stuff coming at you. God says, I need you to lay your will down. And say, God, whatever your will is, I'm good with that. Cultivate. Because what if you've got this great plan to go do this and go do this and go do that and go do that? You know what you shouldn't be afraid of? It's not failing. You should be afraid of succeeding at the wrong thing. If you want to be afraid of something. You shouldn't be afraid of anything. But if you want to pick something to be afraid of, that's something to be afraid of. Because you're good, so you've learned how to do stuff without God. And I want us to take this moment and just for, can we do it for two minutes, y'all? Can we just, and you can do it in your seat. You can do it at the altar. If you need to lay on the floor, just don't lay in front of nobody so they can't walk. I don't need to heal backs tonight. <laughs> but I just want us to take two minutes and end this Wednesday Night Live in a posture of submission that says, I yield my will to you.
Because before I go, let's make sure I'm headed in the right direction. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.